As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. What's up, guys? Back for the week 13 deep dive review episode. And, uh, you know, uh, we ended November on a on an uptick, if you will, with our victory on Thanksgiving Day over the Lions, who finally broke their losing streak uh, over the Vikings uh, on Sunday. Very exciting uh, finish. And um, I was very happy for the Lions to finally win that game, especially in the fashion in which they did because they actually got out on a big lead, like 20 to six on the Vikings. The Vikings charged all the way back and took the lead late. And then the, the Lions had to drive the length of the field and score a touchdown to win the game. And they did exactly that. Uh, it felt nice to, uh, to see the Lions uh, do that. It felt good for our good friend, Jeremy Reisman, uh, who we've beaten twice this year. Um, and it was the Vikings. So it was a division win. So it, uh, it helps the bears, uh, even though they're not helping themselves. But, um, anyway, you know, we, uh, come into December, uh, starting at home against the number one seeded Arizona Cardinals and going into the game, the prognosis wasn't good because we're going to be so shorthanded. Never mind the fact that the bears haven't been playing very well. Uh, this season, fairly inconsistent, beating ourselves with with penalties and turnovers and uh, and things like that. We were going to be missing Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks, no Khalil Mack, um, and and that's just the tip of the iceberg on the people that we'd be missing in this football game. And all week long, we've been hearing how how close the Cardinals were to getting DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray uh, back out on the field. So, you know, it didn't look good. They're a football team that was, what, four or five games better than us coming into uh, the game. They're clearly going to the playoffs uh, this year. The Bears are just treading water until the season's over. We're, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we get things along here. But the game itself, it's funny. Because on one hand, the Bears held their own fairly well. And I'm sure that the elements in Soldier Field with the rain and the the, the, you know, the cold rain and everything in Soldier Field, the wind uh, helped equalize things a little bit. But on the other hand, 
you know, you could definitely see the divide between a nine and two team versus the four and seven squad that we are. So let's go ahead and dive into it. This is the week 13 deep dive review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. So cold and rainy Soldier Field was the site for Sunday's matchup between the Bears and the Cardinals. The Cardinals coming in the number one seed in the NFC with a 9-2 and two record. And the Bears stumbling into Soldier Field back at home at a 4-7 and seven record, having just snapped a five-game losing streak uh, by beating the um, Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day. What's going on, everybody? Larity back to Week 13 Deep Dive Review episode, breaking down the Bears' sixth loss in seven games uh, with the uh, to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. 33-22, to 22, the final score uh, of this one, and... You know, like I said, just uh, here at the at the in the in the intro there. On one hand, you have the Bears uh, playing fairly solidly, uh, seemingly holding their own offensively and defensively. You know, giving the Cardinals a run uh, for it, uh, and in statistically dominating the game. I mean, that was the other thing that was kind of really interesting about the the outcome of the football game is that if you if you covered up the score and showed someone the stats, you know, just the team stats of this game, you would have a hard time believing that the Cardinals won the game, plain and simple. So, I mean, it was quite remarkable, actually. So, I mean, the, the Cardinals had, you know, like 26 for, I mean, we had 26 first downs to their, uh, you know, 14 uh, or something like that. It was pretty, pretty crazy how the game uh, shook out. You know, the the team stats alone, like I said, the Bears dominated the stat board, but unfortunately, the stat board is not where you win the game most of the time. So, um, yeah, and this being the case, because the only stats that the Cardinals won in this football game were a the turnovers, which told the entire story of the football game, and then B, the actual scoreboard. Um, you know, 33 to 22. Let me see if I can pull up the stats here real quick. Yeah, 26 first downs to 14. Um, the Bears were 6 for 15 on third down, which isn't horrible. You know, it's not bad at all, actually. Uh, total yards, 329 to 257 in favor of the Bears. 217 passing yards to only 120 for the Cardinals. The Cardinals did win the rushing yard game. I was surprised to see that. 137 yards to our 112, but I think we still had the leading rusher in uh, Montgomery. We ran 71 plays to their 51, and you know we even won the penalty battle. We had six to their eight, and of course, time of possession, 34-45, to 25-15, so nearly 10 minutes time of possession advantage uh, in this football game. But the, the two big statistics that stick out was the 4-0 turnover victory for the Cardinals, which resulted in 23 Arizona Cardinal points and an 11-point victory for said Arizona Cardinals. So, yeah, it, it was one of those weird games where it's like that that turnover battle 
was the was the overall uh, was was the trump card for the Cardinals, and it's because those turnovers put them in scoring position from the jump. All four of them. Not only did they get interceptions, the Cardinals ran them back, and you know didn't score a touchdown, no pick sixes uh, in this one, but. You know, all four turnovers resulted in three touchdowns and a field goal, and all four of them started inside our 30-yard line. The 28, the 15, the 28 again, and then the 12 uh, were the starting point. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for those drives and three touchdowns and a field goal, 23 points off of the turnovers. It's also why Arizona's statistics were as low as they were, despite their point output, because they were playing inside of our 30 yard line on four of their six scoring drives in this game. It's bananas. So yeah. And the bears, when, you know, like I said, we had a fairly efficient time moving the ball for for the most part, that's where the big difference comes in our yards versus theirs. But, you know, like I said, Arizona, four touched, four three touchdown drives and a field goal starting from inside our 30. The Bears' three scoring drives were all 70-plus yard drives in this game. So we had to work for our touchdowns. Arizona, not so much, thanks to the turnovers. I mean, they had two longer drives and... uh uh, in in the ball game, but um, you know, just just right off the bat in the in the first quarter is where it all got started. I mean, literally on the first drive of the game, the Bears are at third and six. Um, a well designed play, actually, um, a crossing route for Jakeem Grant. He was wide open. Dalton th- made a bad throw, and uh, um, uh, I already talked about this on the Bear at Bear Down show yesterday. Uh, our good friend Lauren Cox on Locked On Bears. Great show. Give it a listen. Uh, put the first one on Jakeem Grant. It's like, what? Like Dalton threw it behind him. I mean, you, you know, I went back and I looked at the highlights. Jakeem Grant literally torqued his body. Looked like a, a goddamn, you know, circus tumbler trying to reach back for it and and, uh, and everything. Tips it up into the air. So I guess technically that would make it Jakeem Grant's fault that the ball was tipped up in the air because of him. But the throw was all on Dalton. He threw it behind Jakeem Grant. He had to reach back for it, tips the ball into the air. Arizona picks it off, runs it back to the 28-yard uh, line. So that one is on Dalton 100%, in my opinion. Or if you want to be technical about it, 90-10, okay? 
He made the bad throw, but it was Grant's tip that you know popped it up into the air. Uh, and he doesn't reach back for it. It probably falls innocently to the ground behind him. But you know that's not what happened here. Grant reached back for the ball, had to he torque his entire body backwards to catch it. He's coming across the coming across the field. You know the the Cardinals pick it off and run it back. Um, what was it like five plays later? The two returnees. Hopkins and Murray hook up for a touchdown. We're on the board, 7-0 uh, already. And, um, you know, but then we, we meet the, you know, the Dr. Jekyll of this, you know, Jekyll and Hyde combo where the, the Bears then on the ensuing drive, drive the length of the field, moving the ball fairly well, uh, Montgomery running like a beast, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're dinking the ball down the field, and, and Dalton's looking efficient, and, then on, uh, what, third down, third, third and eight, something like that, uh, Dalton hits a wide-open uh, Cole Komet, who is, uh, like, falling backwards. And as he falls backwards, the ball pops loose. Uh, he basically kind of tosses it into the air, into the arms of a defender for the Cardinals, who runs it back to our 15-yard line. So what should have been first and goal at, like, the eight or nine-yard line ends up being first and ten at the 15, at our 15-yard line for the Cardinals going in. Two plays later, Murray scrambles it in for a touchdown, 14 to nothing, and there's your first quarter. So, I mean, it was just unbelievable the way that it went. So, I mean, it just, it, it that was, that's the, that's how the first quarter went, you know, and uh, the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, I talk about how the the, the contrast in the two, you know, there's, there's good news and there's bad news. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears, Cardinals. And um, the good news is the Bears are moving the ball fairly well. Uh, we haven't punted yet uh, in the first quarter. The bad news is we haven't punted because both of our offensive drives ended in interceptions. And the Cardinals turned both of those into touchdowns. So... Despite the fact that we are statistically, once again, winning the game as far as more yards, more plays, time of possession, uh, we're losing the game 14 to nothing. The uh, first interception, that was on Dalton. Um, Jakeem Grant, a well-designed play, was coming across the middle. I think it was like third and six or something like that. Was wide open. Dalton throws it behind him. Grant tips it in the air as he reaches back for it. Gets picked off by Arizona. A couple plays later, the two players that did end up playing today, uh, Murray and Hopkins, connect for a touchdown to make it 7 nothing. The next drive, the Bears, they're following the keys, man. They are running the football, and really well, too. David Montgomery's looking good. Khalil Herbert's breaking some tackles out there. And even the passing game was working a little bit when we were trying there on the second drive. And then... On uh, Then on third down, it was like third and eight, 39, something like that. Uh, Dalton hits a wide open Cole Komet for what would have been a first down. But as Komet is falling to the ground, he juggles the football and knocks it back up into the air, intercepted by Buda Baker, who took it from R10 to the Cardinal, from the Cardinal 10 to the Chicago Bear 15-yard line. And a few plays later... Uh, the returning uh, Kyler Murray uh, on like a 
busted play, you know, broken pocket, jailbreak kind of touchdown, uh, runs it in to make it 14 nothing. So it's just that one key to the game, the first one, stop beating yourselves. If we don't turn over the football, I doubt very much that the game is looks anything the way that like it does because, you know, the Bears are getting after Murray. They're running and um, and everything like that. Well, also, the Cardinals have had two drives that started on short fields. You know, like I said, they started the last drive on R15. The one before that, I think, uh, will start inside the 30-yard line. So, you know, it's hard to say how the defense really is doing, but because they've had their backs against the wall uh, on both after both of these uh, drives. But the Bears have the football. They've moved it up to midfield. Let's see what we can do. If we can stop killing ourselves, maybe we can make a game out of this. And there's kind of the I- ironic twist of, of this game and the prognosis of it going into it wasn't good. I, I, I did not like our chances uh, against this uh, football team. I believe they're, they're coached better than we are. They have a better scheme, and, and right now they have better players. We're ravaged by injuries. We're shorthanded in a lot of places and whatnot. Guys have injuries they seemingly can't recover from and uh, you know are missing significant amount of time. So, um, you know, it's, it's difficult to, uh, it was difficult to see any way the bears could come out ahead. And like when we talked to Jess root last week, like what would the bears need to do in order to beat the Cardinals on Sunday? You know, his, his two main things were force, uh, turnovers, uh, you know, and, and actually his three things were force turnovers, run the football and keep the offense off schedule. And I think, we did an actually not a bad job of straight up keeping the offense off schedule, but when you're giving them a short field, the defense is off schedule. You know, you, you, you throw the game plan out the window when your backs are, uh, you know, heels to the goal line kind of thing from the word go. So uh, it was, it was difficult and it was us that was turning over the football and we did run the ball fairly well. That was a damn good, you know, effective tool that we used against the Cardinals, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, and, you know, like I said, we, my my first key was not to beat ourselves and throwing turnover, throwing interceptions on our first two drives. Uh, not very helpful in, in making that first key uh, come true. So, you know, it, and, and but at the same time, you hear me at the end. You I mean, how many times have you listened to a knee-jerk reaction to us playing piss poor in the first quarter to me already talking about next week uh, kind of thing? You know, I was like, well, this one, if this is how it's going to go, then, yeah, we might as well start looking forward to who we're playing next Sunday uh, as opposed to watching the rest of this garbage. There was some optimism in my voice because, yeah, we're down 14 uh, to nothing, but with the way that we're playing and three quarters of football left to go, then it's not, we're not dead in the water here. You know, it's like, I don't see anything from the defense that's scaring me so far. Uh, the offense looks better than it did last week against the Lions uh, of all football teams uh, and everything. It's like, I think we, if we can get out of our own way, we might be able to put something together. Well, we did in the second quarter and we didn't at the same time because we did finally put an or put a uh, drive together. We settled down, we put one uh, in the end zone, but we also let them march down the field and do it to us as well. 
Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Cardinals. And um, after the Cardinals took the 14-0 lead, the drive the Bears started the second quarter with, they finally finished, you know, and they didn't give the ball back to Arizona. They actually put the ball uh, in the end zone. Let me check my notes here. Uh, where is it? 13 plays, 77 yards, ends with a uh, one-yard David Montgomery touchdown run to make it 14-7. to However, when uh, the Cardinals start with the ball in their own territory for the first time all day, it takes them seven plays to go 73 yards and score a touchdown of their own where we saw some of the worst tackling I've seen uh, in a while. You know, and the slippery conditions, it's raining in Soldier Field right now, so I understand that it's it's gonna be difficult and making cuts and the slipping and sliding on the on the awful Soldier Field turf and everything, but uh some of the tackling efforts we're seeing today are pretty sad uh out there. But um you know, after after that, after the Cardinals made it twenty one to seven, teams finally they started trading punts there uh at the end and that's how the the half ends. And uh, Arizona starts with the football, and uh, you know they're up twenty-one to seven here at the half. And you know it—if the first quarter doesn't go the way it goes, I'm not sure how this game is right now. I mean, even if we end up punting or or what have you, uh, Arizona started with the football at their own twenty at the Chicago twenty-eight and the Chicago fifteen to score touchdowns in the first quarter because of those interceptions. What kind of football game are we looking at? Because it looks pretty even out there for the most part. Um, you know, so it's those turnovers right there that are absolutely the difference in the game right now. So otherwise, I think the Bears are doing pretty well playing the Cardinals straight up. It's just that, per usual, couldn't get out of their own way, creating mistakes, hurting themselves, and that's why we're losing this football game. Uh, Arizona starts with the ball to start the second half. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> So again, we're down 14, 21 to 7 at the half, but you're not hearing me with the with the usual doom and gloom because we're not playing badly. When overall, we're not playing badly. Uh we, we it, like I said, it looks pretty even out there. We're playing the Cardinals fairly efficiently head to head to head, but it's those turnovers in the first quarter, that's what that's the difference in the game right there. That's the difference in giving the Cardinals ideal, you know, better than ideal conditions to start drives in, and they put them uh, in the end zone uh, and everything. And it just, uh, it just, like, it's like without the, I mean, and then that's how the whole game felt, you know, to kind of jump to the end uh, a little bit, you know, it going into the, like, when you hear the next one, even, we're, you know, we're down, what, 24 to 14 at the end of the third quarter. I'm still not talking about like, well, you know, just get this thing wrapped up and move on to Green Bay next week. It's like, no, it's not. I didn't. It didn't feel over. It was really weird because all week long I was like, yeah, we don't have a chance in this one and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and what have you. But it's like when the game is out there, you're actually watching it. We're not out there embarrassing ourselves or anything like that. I mean, obviously we didn't play, you know, you know, the, the best game of the year. Or anything like that, but like I said, we, we were going head to head with the best team in the NFC, and uh, you know, given just as good as we were getting, and you know, keeping ourselves in it, we weren't em- really embarrassing ourselves most of the time. However, you did hear me mention some of the worst tackling that I've seen. Now, I don't remember 
if it was Murray's first touchdown that that ended, you know, in the first quarter, or if it was the last one, which I think was in the um which I think was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Murray's last touchdown, where Jalen Johnson had a shot. You heard me talk about it on the Bear Up Bear Down show yesterday. Jalen Johnson had a shot and and to hit Kyler Murray. And I'm not talking about to clean his clock and, you know, you know, put give him put him in concussion protocol or or, or anything dirty like that. I'm saying he had a chance to try to make a play on Murray not getting in to the end zone, and he pulled up at the last second and let him walk in. And that was the kind of thing that um is discouraging to see at the very least. The 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 piss poor tackling was on the James Conner touchdown uh, catch uh, in the second quarter uh, for Arizona. He makes a, a crazy one-handed catch, and I don't know what Xavier Crawford was aiming at, but he missed he missed uh, Connor in a fairly uh, comical way. Just goes flying right past him, like he just whew, like he just got shook right out of his boots uh, on that. But you know, like that was like the one big drive that the Cardinals had in the game. Seven plays, 74 yards to, you know, to march down the field. Their first drive that they started in their own territory, which was, I think, you know, like eight minutes to go in the second quarter or something like that. It was, uh, you know, the first punt of the game didn't come until there was 3.30 to go in the half when the Bears punted for the first time. So, I mean, we, we tried to, you know, we got the football back with about, I think, like 245 or something uh, to go, tried to get a score, um, made it to midfield and tried to get the Cardinals to jump on fourth and two. And, of course, the Cardinals didn't bite. And then Nagy decided to punt, which did not sit well with me, for starters, and uh, certainly did not sit well with the crowd. The fire Nagy chance started immediately. Uh, when Nagy decided to punt on fourth and two. And um, this was something they talked about on the football after show, and I was in full agreement with with David Kaplan, who can be a little little aggressive at times when, when, when criticizing uh, the Bears. And, it, and, and not so much aggressive in the fact that he is criticizing. It's, it's more so who he's criticizing in front of. And that's three pro bowlers and Alex Brown and Lance Briggs and Olin Cruz, two of which will be in the Hall of Fame or should be uh, anyway. Um, it's like, nah, okay, how about you let the, the players say that kind of thing and you kind of chill out. You save that for the radio. You don't do that here on TV. But anyway, that's just my deal. But but he was right that uh, he was playing. We're playing not to lose in that moment. And instead of playing to win, trying to be aggressive, we're down 14 points, you know. Go for it. What do we have to look? We're at midfield. What's the worst that can happen? Honestly, at this point, we're four and seven. Go for it. Be aggressive. You, you, you know, we're playing the, we're actually playing pretty decently uh, against this defense. We're not being dominated or ragdolled or, or anything like that. Go for it. It's fourth and two. Let's see what happens. We need the points because we're giving the ball back to Arizona because we're, we're, we're giving the ball back to Arizona before the half and they start the second half with the ball as well. It's, we got to go for it here. I mean, it's a no-brainer in my opinion. And he sat there and, you know, when, the, uh, when tricking them didn't work, we punted. 
So, yeah, take that for what you will. But we move into the second half. We're down 14 points. And, um, you know, we, we, we like I said, I, I was, wasn't, you know, dreary and doom and gloom and everything, even being down 14, knowing what our, you know, knowing our offensive capabilities uh, and what have you. But it was, it was more like, I, I think it was more because of the weather that I believed that their luck could change just as quickly as ours did uh, as far as turning the football over and all that kind of stuff. Because the first play of the game uh, on offense for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray goes to throw the ball. The ball squirts right out of his hand. It was like, we get one of those, one or two of those to go our way. We're looking at a different football game. So I guess maybe that's why I never really got too down on, on the Bears situation in the game because – it, it with with the conditions and the ball slipping and sliding around, it just never really felt like it was completely out of our grasp to make up a two point and a two score deficit. So e- even as uh, you know we go into the fourth quarter still behind, you, you don't hear that usual doom and gloom in my voice. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction: third quarter, Bears and Cardinals, and um, you know again the the Bears are are seemingly moving the football very very well. Uh, David Montgomery is a key component to that, which is exactly what I wanted to see. The, you know, I feel like Montgomery should be the focus of our offense with or without Allen Robinson, uh, in, who is out again today, by the way. But, you know, he's got 80-plus yards rushing. He's got nearly 50 yards receiving out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, he was a big part of the touchdown drive that the Bears completed in this uh, quarter. The big problem is, though, we don't really have that true big play ability. So both of our touchdown drives have been 13 plays over seven minutes. And with the deficit that we dug ourselves in the first quarter, we really don't have time for these long, drawn-out drives. So we're only down 10. The Cardinals kicked a field goal with their opening drive. We're only down 10, 24-14 going into the fourth quarter here. We got to stop the Cardinals there on their third down coming into the fourth quarter here. We got to stop them, get the ball back, and we got to put the ball in the end zone faster than 13 plays in seven and a half minutes because we're down two scores and time is now officially a factor. So again, in 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 normal circumstances, I'd be sitting here talking about we're down two scores, they're up ten, it might as well be a hundred points. Uh, kind of thing. I'm still talking about how it's how it's possible, but we need some bigger plays to get the ball down the field faster, to to score faster, to get ourselves back into this thing with only one quarter uh, left to go. Because we're showing that we can move the ball, we're showing that we can finish against the Cardinals, but each one of our scoring drives is t- taken you know, double digit plays and seven plus minutes to be able to finish off. It's like, if we want to put two scoring drives together, we don't have time for seven plus minute drives unless the Cardinals are hanging onto the ball for 12 seconds. So we need to get the ball back and we need to get it into the end zone. You know, instead of doing it in 13 plays, we need to do it in six, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and like I said, I think it was kind of like the subconscious thought that if the turnovers had been such a big factor for us that we could possibly maybe generate one or two and get ourselves back into this thing to kind of even it out a bit. But, um, you know, with, with with everything that happened uh, in the third quarter, it was just um, 
I mean, it, it, the, one of the plays that we did have, you know, on our on our last touchdown drive uh, in the third quarter was that bananas reverse, uh, almost like flea flicker type play. It started in the wildcat formation. The Bears sweep to the right side where Dalton was. He comes across, gets the pitch, uh, I think from Montgomery or somebody. And the play, I think, was originally designed to go down the middle of the field because when we see uh, a replay from the end zone angle, Darnell Mooney's running a running a streak down the middle of the field. And unfortunately, the Cardinals either saw the play coming or it was lousy blocking, one of the two. But uh, Dalton had to actually like break a tackle, elude a guy and everything. And he ends up throwing it to, to, to Jakeem Grant, who was running down the sideline. And it ended up being a nice play of 34 yards. Like that one was pretty much like all Dalton. Like the design of the play was there. The the originality, like the what I was talking about during the preview show was like, where's Nagy and his imagination and uh, and all that kind of stuff? How come we don't see the Bears trying to do stuff like that? Especially when we're shorthanded with no Allen Robinson and uh, and you know and things like that. We need all the help that we can get. So why not try to catch the defense with their pants down? Uh, kind of thing. I mean, it, and you saw how it worked out for us. It almost went completely sideways on us. But, you know, Dalton was able to to make the play there. And instead of having the time to go downfield for Mooney, he finds Jakeem Grant wide open down the sideline. It was a huge play uh, for the Bears. So, you know, it was um, – they, they robbed uh, David Montgomery of a touchdown. I mean, he was just short of the goal line upon replay, but – the Bears' answer to that was to have Dalton sneak it, which did not work out. And then on third down, we throw a pass to Jimmy Graham. Instead of just handing the ball back off to David Montgomery and letting him run in from one yard out, which is what he deserved. But tomato, tomato. We were we scored the touchdown, 13 plays, 73 yards, 24 to 14, going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, all we need is a turnover, and we're right back into this thing. It, it wasn't completely over. Uh, you know, that's why I guess I didn't, like I said, you didn't hear the the normal doom and gloom uh, in my voice with our inefficiency as far as scoring points uh, on offense. I, I guess it was because I thought that maybe, or I was holding out hope, even though I never said it, holding out hope that we'd get a, get a turnover, uh, you know, the ball would squirt out of Kyler Murray's hands or something like that, and we'd be able to flip this thing over. Well, fourth quarter came and went. With uh, Dalton throws throws uh, interception three and four to ice the game once and for all, and uh, the Bears come away with the their sixth loss in the last seven games. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction: fourth quarter, Bears and Cardinals, and yet another interception from Andy Dalton. Pretty much just killed any any even remote hopes of the Bears coming back in this thing. Uh, it was this time it was the defense not being fooled by a uh, screen pass and the defensive lineman stuck a paw out there, came down with it and chugged his way all the way to the 12 yard line. Two plays later, uh, Kyler Murray runs it in to make it uh, 33 to 14 and uh, the Bears added a garbage touchdown. Uh, at the end, a uh, really nice throw, probably Dalton's best throw of the day, just over the extended fingers of the defender, Jakeem Grant, um, you know, nice touch throw, runs it in. Uh, I forget how far it was. It was a shorter touchdown because the Cardinals were playing prevent, so the Bears were just, you know, chunking their way down the field, uh, you know, while the Cardinals were just keeping everything in front of them kind of thing. 
and uh, the Bears go for two and get it, 33-22, to 22, and that is your final score. So, uh, you know, the Bears were absolutely murdered by those turnovers today. All four interceptions resulted in points. The Cardinals took 23 points off of those four interceptions because every single one of them gave the Cardinals the football inside the Bears' 30-yard line. Two of them started at the 28-yard line, one at the 15, and then the screen pass in the fourth quarter put them at the 12. So, I mean, it was just brutal what those interceptions, those turnovers did. And that was the number one key to the game for me. It was like to not beat yourselves, throwing interceptions and things like that, that is the definition uh, of beating yourself. So the Bears fall to 4-8. and eight. If we don't win all five games for the rest of the season, we will have our first losing record under Matt Nagy. So, you know, weather was a factor, and I think for a lot of reasons, weather was the reason the game probably ended up being as close as it was. Arizona really wasn't able to run the offense they wanted to run because of the issues. Because Kyler Murray fumbled the ball like two or three times today like the Bears got their only sack of the game on Arizona's first play from scrimmage because Kyler Murray the ball slipped out of his hands when he went to throw it and it ended up being uh, counted as a sack for uh, Robert Quinn uh, of all people so um, you know I think that if it was uh, fair weather conditions or or even if it was just cold outside but no rain maybe this would have been a much uglier football game but uh you know, but who knows? Maybe it would have been a much, uh, much more contested game because the, a, a lot of what the, you could blame a lot of the interceptions on the weather uh, and things, or at least I would like to think you could. But uh, either way, the game went the way it did. The Bears lose. Cardinals ten and two. Bears four and eight. We move on to Sunday night football with the Green Bay Packers next weekend. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. 
That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. Hip, hip, hooray for that, right? Can't wait to see that game with the uh, Packers coming off of their bye week uh, to, to welcome us to Lambeau. And because it's the Bears and Packers in Lambeau, not only is it at night, but it's on national TV. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Not really. I mean, I think I talked about it at the end of the Bears, Bears uh, Bear Up, Bear Down show yesterday that um, I, I actually don't hate our chances in this game if we get everybody back. If we get Akeem Hicks back, if Allen Robinson is back out there, if Justin Fields uh, is playing... Just something about the feeling I, I I get we would have a better shot with Fields than than Dalton. It's just just something uh, about it. I think it would be, and, and I think the the vibe is is more about Fields wanting another shot at the Packers. Uh, I think that it's more about that than you know Dalton. Something tells me that um, Fields kind of gets it as far as the Bears Packers rivalry a little bit more than than Dalton does right now so you know we're probably going to end up seeing Andy Dalton because I'm not hearing anything optimistic as far as where Justin Fields is right now or maybe that's just more of Nagy and his vague nonsense when it comes to uh where Justin Fields is like I swear to God I can't wait for this guy to be gone I really can't I just I'm I'm over his shtick at this point you know I I found it charming uh, and, and also he was a bit more transparent in the beginning uh, of his tenure, but, um, not, not since no, I, it's, um, like I said, I'm over this guy, uh, and his nonsense, but anyway, it, it, like I said, it's, it's a weird game to go back and evaluate. Cause if you're just going by what you're seeing on the field, for the most part, it looked like the bears were able to match up very well with the Cardinals. We were able to go head-to-head and run the football at pretty much at will most of the time. You know, Dalton wasn't horrible outside of the interceptions. Uh, the third one, hell, there were almost five of them. The one through uh, Darnell Mooney had a ball go right through his hands. He should have just he, he should have caught it. There was no reason that he shouldn't have, but it scored it right through his hands, and that one was picked off, but the defender couldn't hang on to it. So the interception could have happened if not for the defender not being able to hang on to the onto the ball. The funny thing was we we end that drive on a sack and then we get a roughing the kicker call that gives the ball right back to us. And in the very first play after the roughing the kicker, the ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage and intercepted. So 
And that was the other one that started at the 28. The Cardinals put that one in the end. Oh, no, actually, that was the one where the defense held and gave up a field goal. And then uh, the screenplay, uh, you know, later on in the in the quarter, A, the defense wasn't fooled. B, there were too many bodies in the area. Dalton should have just spiked it in the ground and moved on to the next play. Instead, probably looking at the scoreboard, knowing that we needed the help, he tried to make the throw. It gets one-handed picked off by a defensive lineman and run back to the uh, 12-yard line. And, uh, you know, Murray scores. And I think it was the fourth quarter one where where Jalen Johnson pulled up when he shouldn't have. I'm pretty sure it was. But um, either way, you know, it was it was a, a you know, punk-ass play on, on Jalen Johnson's part to, to pull up and make a business decision, if you will, rather than uh, lay the wood to uh, Murray when you have a chance. I mean, it would have been legal. He's in bounds the whole nine yards. You know, he wasn't going to be five steps into the end zone when he laid the hit. It would have been right at the goal line. It would have been legit, you know. Uh, and like I said, I, I didn't want him to knock Kyler Murray. I want him to make the effort more than anything, regardless of what he does, whether he would have put a shoulder right into his goddamn forehead or led helmet first right into his chin. I wanted him to see make contact with, with Murray. I wanted to see the effort. I wanted to see to go out there and be a leader and show that he hadn't given up. And that's where I gave the bear down to, to Matt Nagy. You know, you, this is what your team is doing now. They're pulling up, making business decisions, not wanting to get themselves hurt or, you know, or what have you, giving up on plays or however you want to call it, rather than going out there, making a balls-out effort and trying to make it a play, even though it doesn't look good. So, yeah, that's why I also want Nagy gone. We, we've got some of the better – we've got one of the more solid defenses in the league, and it's – it's not playing up to snuff. It's just giving up. You know, those guys aren't giving all they got out there. You know, it, you, you're just not seeing it. We're, we're phoning it in uh, at this point. And we still played very well uh, against the Cardinals going head-to-head uh, with those guys. So it's, 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 it was an all-over-the-place kind of game. We're on the field. It looks like we matched up pretty well, or at least we had a solid game plan where we were going head-to-head with the best team in the NFC. But, uh, you know, overall... The, the mistakes that we were making just weren't enough to, uh, you know, were too much, I guess, to bridge the gap uh, between where we are and where they are to come away with a victory today. So anyway, guys, that is going to do it for the Deep Dive Week 13 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Come back on Thursday when our good friend Evan Western from the Acme Packing Company will be back on the show to preview the Sunday night matchup between the Bears and the Packers. Don't know why the NFL insists on putting the Bears on Sunday night football. This is another one of these games where I'm going to sit here and doom and gloom my way through the week just because it's at Lambeau. We're, we're not playing well. We're shorthanded. The prognosis of most of those guys coming back in time for the game on Sunday is not good. Maybe my attitude will change when I see Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson practicing this week. And maybe if, you know, I mean, Justin Fields practiced all of last week. He was limited, but he practiced. So maybe if we start seeing things kind of more leaning that way, my optimism will change as we go into the week. Because if you guys remember, when Lauren Cox and I talked at the midseason review, he and I both had a hinky feeling about this game. Like, is it weird that I think the best chance the Bears have to win a game in this third quarter of the season. Isn't the Cardinals at home in December 
but it's on the road at Lambeau versus the Packers. It was, you know, it, it just felt like maybe like a revenge game for Justin Fields to be able to, you know, he knew he made some mistakes in that game that he did that he shouldn't have, and for him to be able to get another shot at them to clean it up uh, and all that kind of stuff. I just feel like, you know, it, it could be something, not to mention it being a pride issue with the team after Rodgers, I own you, I still own you, and all that kind of stuff for to, to make Aaron Rodgers answer for that. That's still out there. But, you know, no Akeem Hicks, no Khalil Mack, uh, and, and all the rest of it. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how the week progresses. Right now, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, at all but uh, come back on Thursday we'll talk to Evan and talk about how the seasons have diverged the Bears seem to be seem to have something cooking going into week six against the Packers and the Packers despite being four and one look like the most foreign vulnerable four and one team we'd seen in a while because a couple of you know the ball bounces a, a different way in a couple of those football games they should have been two and three coming into the game but instead the ball bounced their way they were four and one and how they have strengthened their resolve in the in the in the eight weeks, ten weeks since we played, and and the Bears have just gotten gotten worse. I mean, the, the Packers started their losing streak. So anyway, we'll talk to Evan about that on Thursday, and come hang out with me tomorrow on the uh, in the Spotify green room. Come hang out at Club Thirty Four Seven. Let's talk about Bears Packers. Let's talk about the state of the franchise, where we're at. You know, if you guys have anybody that uh, you think who should be the next head coach or, or the next general manager or anything, let's talk about it. Come and see me uh, in the Spotify Green Room Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and, uh, you know, let's have some fun. So, anyway, we'll be back Thursday with Evan Weston from Mac and Pack Company to preview Bears Packers for Week 14. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.